You're listening to Pointing Pointers, the Point to Point podcast. Good evening and welcome to Pointing Pointers. We're back from a break. Uh, I'm back with the gang. Um, I hope you've missed us. For the record, the state of our WhatsApp group chat over the last week or so dictates that there will never be a break ever again. I can't possibly stomach the amount of abuse i've had to take over the last few weeks so we'll be keeping things nice and regular now until the end of the season how are we all yeah good thanks well yeah i saw james i saw james the other day lads i have to say james dropped off some foals and he was his uh, usual sprightly self uh johnny how are you yeah all good mate it was a good christmas that's for sure just uh, recovering from it now hmm. good mike well, I'm all right considering that I've had COVID and not one of you three have asked how I am. So, yeah, it's nice to know. We you can keep, see how you are. You look it's grand. nice to know your friends you, are, isn't it? You keep commenting on the group, so we know you're alive. <laughs> <My life. laughs> to be honest, you look a bit better than normal. Maybe I think it's done, done, a, done a bit for you. Refreshed. Off the beer and on the water. <laughs> done in the world of good. <laughs> exactly. So, coming up in the show... Uh, we're going to review some of the racing over the holidays. We're going to pay tribute to Gina Andrews. Uh, we're also catching up with Miles Osborne to talk about Moratorium's uh, succession of wins. And um, and we're going to speak to Jack Teal as well about some of his rise and entries this weekend. There's plenty of opinions which need airing. And uh, we're going to crack on. So, Mike, you've been watching uh, Lark Hill. Tell us what you noticed. Yeah, well, Footloose doubled up in... Uh, from his maiden success at Lark Hill before Christmas. Uh, that day he gave his owner Aaron Butterfield his first win in the saddle and the pair followed up on Sunday in the restricted, beating Ollie Norris, who we mentioned previously when he won the flat race um, down at Lark Hill. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, the yeah. colours that Aaron wore actually were his late granddad's and uh, Aaron's dad, Alex, actually rode in them as well. So it was a poignant day for the pair. Nice multi-generational sort of like to see proper pointing story that generations yeah. passing down the colours and all riding them um, so obviously we had the first dead heat of the season between um, Master Dancer with Lauren Reed and Southfield Theatre and Lily Bradstock winning the ladies so how, how many are we guessing that we're going to have this season then how many dead heats <laughs> none now we've got all this uh um, goal line technology, finish line technology, whatever you call it. VAR yeah. should be no dead heats now, should there? Also, um, also, Monja Gibraltar gave Olive Nichols, daughter of champion trainer Paul Nichols, her second win in only four rides when she won the level three conditions. Interestingly, Freddie Gingell, who came second, was having his first ride. Um, the pair used to pony race together a few years ago, so... They've uh, been racing for several years together. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Johnny Myler. I, I knew that was coming. I knew that <laughs> I was teed coming. him up perfectly. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, well, I love it. it. Everybody and thinks it, I hate pony racing, but it, it's good that it obviously has helped. But I just don't know if the what I what I will agree it. with Johnny there is that yeah, they would, but the pair would have both road pointing regardless of pony racing, wouldn't they? But it's given them. Plenty yeah. of experience prior to riding. Good grounding, yeah. perhaps. Yes. Uh, so I was obviously the correspondent for Chaddersley Corbett. How and, are the Verges? Uh, <laughs> great. Did you get a calendar for Christmas of 
Tazley called a bit Sverges. Please say you did. <laughs> no. Um, no. And to be honest, I'm a little bit upset that one of you didn't organise it. Anyway, we move on. Gina Andrews' first winner was on Al Shahir, who, to be honest, never looked like losing. Um, sadly, he beat Wales Wilma, Mike. Yeah. Um, so that little streak is over for, for her, but uh, there'll be plenty more days uh, for her, I'm sure. They can't win every time, can they? No, no. Um, we're get, we're going to get to the to the records and discuss uh, Gina in, in depth slightly later. Um, but um, Gina's second of the day was on Dubai Quest. And um, without being unkind, or trying to be kind of sort of controversial in any way, it's a really, really odd race. I don't, I don't know if it, any of you saw this, but um, Tanga Dejui... Um, who eventually came second, uh, attempted to make all like he had under Flora Guy at Foss last in November. And um, when Gina got upsized and was pushing and shoving, Flora sort of stayed totally motionless. So, so I was thinking for a long way, I was thinking, oh, she's got absolutely loads in hand here. Like, you know, this horse is like, you're basically just going to gonna canter to the finish. And, and Flora sort of did canter to the finish and just sort of stayed fairly motionless. Seemingly loads of horse under her, but just sort of sort of stayed there in a forward seat like she was out hunting and sort of mooched to the finish. So, you know, feel free to call me out here, chaps, or, or if anyone's to. listening, including inclu- including Flora, get in touch. I'm happy to eat a humble pie. You're trying to say that she didn't give it a very good ride? No, if you're that's being not what I'm trying to say. But if she's no, no, made the no, running I'm- round Chadsley on... I haven't seen any racing for Chadsley, but if it was soft, heavy or heavy ground... It, it gets tiring there, really tiring. And she might mm. have been trying to fill the lungs um, she, or she might have been sat there thinking, I'm holding on to nothing, fill up, try and get home, finish second. Gina, I promise you, is intimidating when she comes upside you. And mm. it's easy to think, well, if Gina's kicking, I'll kick. If she'd have kicked, the horse might have fallen in a massive hole and not even got home because that's what happens in that sort of ground. It, I'm not trying to be an idiot because you haven't raced ridden. Um, but having said that, you haven't raced ridden. And <laughs> yeah, this is. I think everybody who rides in a race is trying to win, especially when you're points pointing. There's no, there's no benefit not to win every time. And you're looking at probably the best female points point rider that has ever ridden in England, upsides somebody who doesn't have the same experience. So you're not comparing like for like. No, and you're absolutely bang on, Johnny, and I'm glad that you've made that point and made it very well. She's having a fifth ride, I think, Flora. And uh, if you watch the run before at Foss Lass, she's gone like 100 yards clear on the same horse and it's lasted home. Um, and she's sort of, she, so she's given it a very similar ride. Um and I, I had the same thought watching the Chattersley replays. Like, would I think potentially she may have thought the horse is knackered. I'm going to nurse it home and make sure that I've got him for another day, you know, and did the right thing by the horse. I, I'd urge you to go watch it. And as I say, I'm quite happy to like eat humble pie. I'm not for a minute saying they let Gina win. I, you know, Red Indian was flat out to finish respectably, um, you know, in third just wasn't really sure what what occurred. I've, you know, as I say, I've I've been back and watched the other rides for Flora's. She's clearly what capable. I would jump in and say it's and not being disrespectful respectful to Flora. You know, if she starts jumping up and down trying to kick and ride a finish, I don't know how well she rides a finish anyway. So 
that mm. I'm, I'm talking if, buts and maybes perhaps, but Gina's very active and very visible when she's giving one a kick. Now, if Flora tries to do that and off balances the horse in that sort of ground, tired, still got a few to jump, you could fall, which case you're not getting home anyway. You know, you've got to do the best that you can do to get the horse home and finish in the best position possible. And she perhaps has, and she may be unlucky to come upside someone as strong as Gina. And when Gina's kicking, it's obvious she's kicking. Do you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good point. Well made, Johnny, to be fair. Thank God you are on the podcast. And as I say, you know, she's 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 got the bottle to compete. She's got round five times unscathed, which is more than I'd manage. So I will get back into my box. Bradley Gibbs had a double, the second of which was a proper contest in the Men's Open where Premier Magic beat Portlock Bay. Uh, Portlock Bay, sorry. At this rate, uh, he'll be taking that to the Fox Hunters at the festival. Only it, it was a great race and two exciting horses for the season. Uh, I actually texted Brad and, and, and said, turns out last year wasn't a flute then. And he, <laughs> and he uh, came back with some decent banter. Uh, it, was a, it was a great finish to that race. Um, and it could have been, I, I could be wrong, but it looked like they went a, a, a fairly steady around the place and, and, and turned the screw quite late on. Maybe that ties in with what you're saying, Johnny, um, about, about the course taking some getting. Uh, Premier Magic just looked to have a few more gears in the final few furlongs um, rather than being outstayed. But That's a race I definitely want to watch. Yeah, you should. Um, we all know you love Biddick. And to be fair, I can see what all the fuss is about. I and Brad, him. to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know both. you love Brad as well. But uh, it was a cracking finish. But yeah, I thought, yeah, I can see what all the fuss is about with this Biddick fellow. He can ride a horse, can't he? Took you long enough to find out, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is with Ben, out of sight, out of mind. He missed, he missed a season or best part of a season and forgotten about it's a it. long way to uh, Devon and Cornwall and um, you know as you know I didn't grow up without a television or an internet connection or any of that stuff Mike so you know it's, it took me to, to to get to Cheltenham a few years ago to see Mr Will Biddick in the flesh um, actual Dunacos ran in the novice riders race um, which is mental to see but um, uh, pulled up in the end but um, Olive Nichols won again on Virac uh, which is some horse, uh, you know, to give you one of your first first few spins in point to point. But um, yeah, she rode it well. To be fair, um, so that was kind of my um, thoughts from Chattersley. Uh, horse Heath. I um, yeah. So I I've obviously looked into the Horse Heath results. Horse Heath being one of my favourite tracks, um, they always do a good job, and uh, they, they had a decent amount of runners, which is uh, good to see. I'm not just going to spiel off every winner. Um, but uh, notable ones that I that I noticed um, in the first um, the horse for Station Yard uh, I saw him win his maiden round Garthorpe which is, is very different different track for anyone who doesn't know uh, and I, I was actually surprised to see him well he's three on the bounce now but I was surprised to see him him win again uh, and w- win impressively beating a horse of um, a horse from the Inform Hill team um, so, you know, Station Yard will be delighted with him. Um, mm. But uh, my couple of races I particularly want to focus on was the Novice Riders. Uh, Mr. Love, uh, off the back of a long absence, uh, trained by Nick Pierce, who's obviously pay- based with Dan and Harry Skelton. Uh, Nick also runs the Shelford Park Point to Point, 
which had a hard year last year with, with quick ground. Nick's a, a massive supporter of young riders. Um, I remember when I first started, he worked for uh, my stepmother and, and my dad. Um, and he was always very supportive. And young Murray Dodd uh, got the ride. Not his first winner, but um, I think between them, what a great job. Nick getting him back after two years. Um, yes, he's got the facilities, but it's still you've still got to do it. And that's, that's credit to Nick. Um, so, so well done to them. Um, and I, I did watch back the, uh, the men's open, a horse I did like and did follow a bit under rules, perhaps wasn't top, top class, uh, for Valdi Colonge, uh, mm. won that by a head, uh, beating early retirement, um, which I did speak to my dad as he trains it. And I said to him, I said, what are you running him in that for? He, he finished second in a conditions race. Um, and I wasn't convinced the, the course would suit. I'd be given a great ride by Dale Peters and, and definitely looks at a men's open horse off the back of that. And they pulled 30 lengths clear of the third horse. Um, so, and that would have been a good race to watch. Um, something for the, if anyone who, who hasn't been there, it's a long old pull up the hill and, um, yeah, jump in the last, it's still a decent run in. So, um, Ben Bromley obviously riding the winner. And Dale Peters uh, on the second horse. It'd been a good good race to watch. Both ride almost like professionals. So um, yeah, that 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 was good. Um, and then apparently Gina rode a winner in the uh, in the ladies, which few may do to re. <laughs> Don't know if that's a big story or not. Really, <laughs> <laughs> you teed that up lovely, Johnny. So um, let's talk about Gina Andrews. So so having had a break, uh, a lot of what needed to be said has already been said um but we can't let this episode drift past without talking about another uh, remarkable achievement for gina um who equaled polly gundry's record of 303 winners at chattersley corbett and then three days three days later surpassed her record with another win on fume duderies before going on to win another race on the same card um, the thing that I find incredible about the whole thing is she's sort of in a prime and i can't really see her slowing down in the short term so you'd have to think There'll be tens, if not hundreds, more winners to come, which is kind of mind-boggling given that the record that she's surpassed and, and how far that record was uh, out on its own in, in the first place. Um, I saw, saw online, Polly was quoted as saying, I look at Gina riding and think to myself, I hope I rode in that way, if only sometimes. My God, she's strong and, and can really get hold of a horse. But she also shows great empathy for the horses she's riding. I think that's a really... Uh, that's a really lovely quote to come from anyone, but particularly coming from from uh, Polly, uh, that really rung true to me. Like you know, she's she's bloody strong in a finish, but the way that she's kind of empathetic and gets horses travelling for her um, is kind of the mark of a of a fantastic rider. So so Gina now currently holds three records and is tied for another. A tally of three hundred and five point to point winners is is the most by a woman in England or or Ireland, and she's ridden more winners under rule than any other lady amateur at sixty nine. Um, in the 2018-19 season, of course, she rode 58 point-to-point winners, which is by far the highest number of winners by a woman in one season, beating the score set by 40 by Polly Curling in 1995. She's also won eight senior championships, a record she shares with Gundry and, and, and David Turner. So uh, without wanting to sound like I'm just reading Wikipedia, it, I think it's important to kind of reel off and, and give a bit of context to what she has achieved and what she continues to, to achieve uh, Johnny, you know Gina pretty well. 
Do you, do you get any inkling she's going to break the final record and, and slow down or...? No chance, no. But I don't think she's about records. She's just fiercely competitive um, and she just wants to ride winners. I'm sure she's very flattered by the comments and, and what have you, but she's not like that. She's hard. Mm. In fact, <laughs> she's numb. She's She's as tough as they come. She's as strong as they come in a finish... And that's male or female. Um, for me, she's the best female rider, professional and amateur, in this country. Uh, that's probably quite strong, and people won't agree with me, but I, I genuinely believe that. Um, I don't think she cares. I wouldn't about disagree with you. I, I think I think she's exception, exceptional. And you're saying about empathy. I don't think I've ever ridden against somebody who loves the horses they're riding as much as she does, genuinely. Um, that th- mm. It's her life, and she deserves every credit that she gets. Uh, Polly, I don't think anybody really expected somebody to beat Polly Gundry's records, but I can't see anybody beating Gina's for even longer. I think that the standard, no, of, the standard of lady rider, certainly in points, points, and, and professional, is strong at the moment. But she sets a different, she sets a different standard, um, and her work ethic, mm. everything. She deserves it, and uh, and she knows how to party as well. I would say she she had a good party. <laughs> um, James, uh, the the yard has lost Jack to rules racing in the short term, and no doubt he'll he'll be doing what he can. But do you think that means she'll actually be riding more or less winners? You'd imagine she'll pick up all those rides now. I think the last couple of years she's let Jack have a few of the rides, hasn't she? Especially the four-year-olds and that. But I'd say at the minute she'll be uh, hungry to keep going. And she's in a bit of a fight for the ladies' championship this year. So if she does want to win it, she's going to have to get on a lot of the uh, Ellis horses, isn't she? And and make those count. Um, interestingly, though, the top five riders this year, if you, if you combine them, uh, two would be ladies and three would be men. So it would actually be quite, you know, it's quite even at the moment this year. Um, mm. Interesting to see how it finishes up, won't it? Whether the men pull away, Biddock and that will start to pull away, I don't know. Yeah, it's a point we've done to death and we'll we'll we'll, we'll spare everyone the, the same discussion this time. But um, yeah, I noticed the same that actually there's um, some very good female riders that are, that are overall vying for, for the championship if it were combined. Uh, Mike, any final comments? Yes, two things I want to mention. Um, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Sam Whaley-Cohen uh, riding his 100th point-to-point winner at Lark Hill just before Christmas. You know, massive achievement, obviously, isn't it? But um, no surprise, he's obviously... We've seen him plenty of times show how good he is under rules as well as in points. I think he's won 73 or so uh, winners um, under rules as well. So he's obviously massive talent um so congratulations to him also i'd like to um mention miles osborne um i i spoke to him earlier on and um we're gonna play that interview shortly but um yeah his his horse moratorium um won at lark hill on sunday winning the men's open and um I'm, I'm really impressed with this horse and uh, I shall be following him for the rest of the season. They plan to go hunter chasing with him and uh, I think he's one to follow. So here it is. 
So I'm pleased tonight to be joined by Miles Osborne, who enjoyed his first win on Sunday when partnering his own horse Moratorium to Victory in the Men's Open at Lark Hill. Miles, thanks for coming on tonight. First of all, cracking day for you on Sunday. Have you come down from it yet? Uh, yeah, no, it's been a brilliant, like, nice to speak to you. Um, yeah, it, 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 was, it was quite brilliant, really, to be honest. Um, obviously, Nathan won him a couple of times before, and then um, I just thought I'd like to have a spin out of him um, and just see where we are, really, because he's stepping up massively in grade, and he's proved that he's more than capable to be winning those sort of races, which we're very lucky, we're very lucky to have him, to be honest. Yeah, he showed. I thought at Weybridge there the time before he showed. He's got a massive engine and he's he's a serious horse. Yeah, but I mean, like you can you can only tell so much from your work at home. But when we spoke to Gordon when we got him, they just they just had loads of niggly little issues with him, nothing major. But they struggled to keep him keep him sound. And to be fair, up to now we've had a very good run with him and he worked very well. Um, and we was quietly confident going to Dunsmore. Um, the first time, um, Nathan was obviously only on his second ride, and he was well, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and needed, we thought he didn't need to run quite badly. Um, and I sort of went down to Weybridge quite positive at Weybridge when the track probably didn't suit him, but we thought we'd go down there to pick just a slightly easier race for him, and Nathan give him plenty to do, um, and he did that fairly easily, really. Um, he's come out, he came out of that brilliantly. Um, we had him in at Lark Hill, not, well, it would have been two weeks after Weybridge, but we went up there and the ground was too quick, um, so we didn't run him. Um, we was patient and held on um, for Sunday, and obviously he stepped off in grade to the men's open, yeah, and he's well, done it really well, and he, he, he didn't really enjoy the ground, I know that much for sure. He'd, he'd like appreciate proper good, good soft ground, and it was quite dead there in the end. Yeah. Um, went quite tacky um, and he doesn't do a tack when he hits the front I'd probably hit the front too soon on him but no he's, he's, he's a very smart horse and we're very lucky to have him yeah well listeners of the pod will know that I'm a huge supporter of Where's, Where's Wilma but I uh, must admit I've been a massive fan of your horse this season and uh, I was impressed with him on the first day at Dunsmore and I'm really excited to see what he can go on to do but how did you um, how did you come about buying him? Um, Dad went to the auctions, I think it was, got September, I think it was. And we had a few that we put down on the list. Um, Dad went up there, I was busy, I was working, so I stayed at home. So I sent him up there with a list of a few. And um, it, it, it obviously, you need plenty of luck for this, really, because we, we, we had our eyes on another one that before him, his lot came along, and we didn't, we didn't quite get it. Um, and he was just on the list, really, and I just said, Dad, have a look at this, because he, he wasn't overly raced. You know, he's obviously had his issues to get a bit of time in between his runs. He showed good form as a novice, and to be fair, it was more Dad that spotted him. Um, and I went and looked at him, and he said, look, he's a beautiful-looking horse. He's very athletic, racy type, like, he's not over big. Um, watched a few of his videos, and he jumped very well, and, yeah, luckily, Dad just got enough to buy him, we had enough to buy him, so um, he came home and came in with the other pointers and he's gone from there really and yeah. I, I think next time you should stay at home and send your dad again because he's bought a oh, cracking yeah, exactly. horse. <laughs> dad's going to go and buy horses like that every 
Yeah, yeah, because obviously, like you say, he did, sh- you know, he showed a bit of form in Ireland. He's third behind Envoy Allen, wasn't he? In, in, uh, in yeah, a... he was third behind Envoy Allen in Novice Chase. I mean, if you go back for his form, when he was running well, like, he, he had some serious form. He was constantly beating 135, 140, even 150 horses. Like, he was beating them off level weights. Like, so we knew he had the ability. It was just the fact to keep him sound, happy, and he's a real happy horse. And he knows he knows he's winning. He does know he's winning because he is absolutely full of it. And he's probably come out of this race the best he ever has, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant. So, as you mentioned earlier, your good friend Nathan Green rode in the last uh, last two times. I thought it was uh, extremely good of you to let him to let him ride your own horse when you could have been quite happily sat on him. So, how did that agreement come about? Uh, yes, yeah, so me and Nathan, very good friends, been at Ben's all together really ourselves since we started. Um, that Ben Paulins, yeah. Ben Paulins, that is, yeah. Um, and basically, I, I had a, how it came about was last season yeah it was the start of last season so we had I had um, I bought a horse for yearling I need to crack on with that and I said to Nate if we're doing one should we do two together and Ben kindly leased us a horse called Perfect Pirate that we ran last year and he came mid-division at Maysmore first time and then Covid kicked in so he went back under rules with Ben um, so we said couldn't really get going after that so he said look next season we'll have a go if, if my dad gets something we'll crack on and get them if you because he comes and rides out with me at lunch times i said look and you could get a couple of spins off it um and we've now got four in down down the yard um nate comes rides out every lunchtime with me and my partner celine yeah and he he grafts and as much as we do, like, and I said, look, it's more than fair for you to ride this horse, and to be honest, he'll probably ride him next time out as well. Brilliant. Well, if 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 everyone was as loyal as what you've been in racing, it'd be a lot better sport. <laughs> but um, yeah, exactly. But uh, so, where do you plan to run him next? You you said so, that Nathan would ride him. Um, he's going to go for a bit of a backward step, so he's going to go back down in grade, hopefully. Um, to the city and uh, no, to the Cockleborough Hunt members. Yeah. Which is our local track on two weeks on Sunday. So it all being well, he'll go for the members race there. Yeah. Um, and then we will be looking at a Hunt's Chase probably second, third week in Feb. Um, which he will hopefully all being well qualify himself for Cheltenham if he's placed qualifies himself for Cheltenham. Is the, would um, that be at Exeter that one or Wincanton? Was uh, Wincanton? I've yeah. got my eyes on. I yeah. think um, there's a there's a race there. I know um, Will targeted it with his um, Paulock Bay last year. Yeah. Um, and we obviously went on to Wincanton, so it's obviously worked as a stepping stone to Cheltenham. And so, look, if he's good enough and qualifies himself, I'm sure we'll go there. Um, as he deserves every chance to go there and have a day out, like. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Best of luck with him for the remainder of the season and and uh, I hope you get to Cheltenham anyway. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Mike. So, that was good to hear from Miles and, and, and good luck to him for the rest of the season. It's really exciting to see where that horse goes. I mean, sometimes you just stumble across one 
in 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 different circumstances and it takes you places that you didn't know that you're going to get to and that's that is always exciting um so a couple of talking points lads nothing major just a few discussion points let's start with david maxwell what a legend so what a legend corinthian of the sport as we've said before um you know the definition of of an amateur um and fantastic by and large for the game most people would say um he came in for a lot of stick for the ride on cat tiger at, at doncaster over the christmas period and then uh in true sort of zero to hero style a few days later was uh praised excessively for his win on dolphin square at cheltenham which actually i didn't think there was much difference between the rides uh personally i just think one got up and one didn't um but um yeah, uh, he's he's always been a bit contentious for some, uh, but I, I thought it was notable that he got to both sides of the coin over the Christmas break. Basically just sums racing up though, doesn't it? People throwing things at him when he gets beaten and when he wins, he's a hero. I'd be interested to know how many people threw abuse at him that have actually ridden winners. Yeah, well, that's Twitter though, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's full of people and I'm no doubt probably well, some people that did have ride winners have said bad things about him. But I mean, he yeah. comes in for stick because he... He has expensive, decent horses and people expect them to win. And when they don't win because he's riding them, they don't like it. I think we've said it before, don't back him. Job done, easy. But he is the most lovely bloke you'll ever meet. He's a really, really Mm. good guy. Deserves every bit of success he gets. He doesn't care what anyone thinks about him, which is what I probably like the most. He does it for him. That's why he does it. Um... Yeah, and, 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 and good on him that he's not on Twitter or on any of that stuff. Who cares? Live your own life. Paddle your own canoe, as they say. Yeah, no, good on him. I thought that was in some ways you having a dig at me for uh, commenting on a ride earlier on in the show, Johnny, and not having ridden a winner myself or indeed Do you know what? A race. For once, it wasn't a dig at you. But now you've brought it up, <laughs> yeah, it's a dig at you as well. well I don't know how really you, uh, can, you can abuse... So, you know, David. I don't. I don't know him. I've never met him. Don't know him. But if you know, he said, admit. You know that he's. There'll be plenty of times when he's too old. He can't ride. That that it's someone else will. He'll get someone else to ride it. Now, while he can, why not? He plows enough money into it. Like Johnny said, if you don't, if you don't like the way he rides, or if you don't think he's good enough, don't back him. Don't bet his horses. Like it's not. It's not rocket science. Like, but. Just you know, know that. But while while he's able to, and he plows enough money into it, let let him ride. Like he should ride. He he supports the game enough. So yeah, best of luck to him. In my what, opinion, hundred percent. What I like about him so much is he is obviously very successful, um, and you know, hence why he's in a position to buy these horses. You don't just stop working. He obviously has to work still, but he works incredibly hard at his racing. And, yeah, again, if you don't like it, don't back him. Or don't watch the races he rides in if it winds you up Yeah, and he doesn't just sit back on his laurels and just think, oh, I've got an expensive horse, I can just turn up on a day. He goes down to David Cross's, you know, he has lessons, he, he, he works hard enough at it. He may not be as stylish as, you know, some of them, but that doesn't mean he's not trying and he doesn't work hard for it. And people saying he's a bad rider, this, that, and the other. He's not a bad rider. Okay, he falls off some. 
I can't think of one jockey that's riding at the minute that has never been unseated. <laughs> no. And even unseated when perhaps they shouldn't have been unseated. It happens to everyone. But I guarantee you he didn't do it on purpose. Because it Johnny, hurts. James Gray, Ben Atkins and Mike Drown have never been unseated in a race. And with that, we will move on. Uh, so <laughs> we wanted to mention the Between the Flags Facebook group. Um, they're doing a great job of promoting Point to Pointing um, on Facebook. Um, it's run by Charlotte Fuller, who's the daughter Paige's successful conditional um, and, and came from the Pointing ranks. People who don't follow them on Facebook, uh, I know I'm not on there a lot at the moment, but if you're still in the thick of it on Facebook, make sure you go to the page, give it a follow. Um, it's, re- it's really, really good. Um, so make sure you do that. We've been meaning to bring that up for quite some time, but haven't got around to it, so sorry about that. But um a couple of other things I wanted to discuss, lads, before we uh, move on to the forthcoming racing. I was thinking about this the other day. Hunts are just charities. Why does no one else run point-to-points? Or why could no one else run a point-to-point, be it a community group, a university football team? A lot of people, uh, you know, there's there's charities out there that have groups of people that could run a point-to-point discuss it's funny you should mention that because uh is it higham on the 16th of january they've got the east anglian retired jockeys club haven't they which isn't hunt related you do get the odd one don't you sheriff hutton that's a yorkshire area point to point club so there are a few but i think the the beauty with the hunt it's tradition isn't it essentially but the beauty of the hunts is they have got that loyal um support base and there's a lot of people involved in hunting that um, they know they've got to go out there and fund for the hunt to keep things going. They understand that there is no, um, there's no uh, profit in hunting, is there? As such, it, it has to be funded, um, and whether that's through you know pony club events or um, supporters groups or um, dinner dances, those types of things, or, the, or as we're talking about here, the point to points. So I think it's quite a good funding model for these point-to-points, but it relies so heavily on volunteers. You know, you, you're in events yourself. You know how expensive that would be to have the security, mm. have the car parking people, have the fence stewards, pay for judges, you know, commentators. There's so many people that are involved in point-to-pointing. I just can't see how it would add up at the end of the day. Yeah, but there's lots of charities and, and other community groups that would be able to provide volunteers. I mean, just look at the, just look at the antis. You know, they they could they could rustle up eighty to hundred on a Saturday. I'm sure they could do it on a Sunday as well. <laughs> yeah, but most of them get paid, don't they? Imagine the scenes trying to catch loose horse, twenty blokes in balaclava on quad bikes. Ben, you're hilarious. <laughs> I don't know where you think of this stuff. Do you have a writer? I reckon somebody might find uh, that one. The um another thing I would say, a lot of charities have paid people involved. And yes, hunts do, but not many. No, you're 100% right there. Some of these big charities, it's incredible how much some of the people are getting paid at the top, isn't it? Whereas Ridiculous your hunts, money. You know, your huntsman's paid virtually nothing. Um, he's doing it for love. even it, less. It? You know, and even yeah. your masters, they're putting money in, aren't they? They're not taking money out. Yeah. So it's quite an unusual Tell model. Tell me about it's it. A very, very old-style, traditional model of... of but, what, but what difference does that make? What what difference does the the fact that some people at the charity are getting paid make to because they're not volunteers, they are they? Run a point. I think the phenomenal the, the the biggest thing is it probably a lot of charities would feel it's not a good look, is it? 
you know that would be probably where a lot of them they'd rather have a dog mm. show or a something else um and you know how would these charities get access you know you look at the Reevesby point to point that's only really because of the people behind it that they can get access to Reevesby park isn't it you know it's it's uh, mm. I, I mentioned the same thing again it's tradition isn't it and um a connection i suppose it's people doing favours for yeah. the hunts. Exactly, yeah. Wanting to support. Um, and that's not necessarily the hunts, is it? You know, with our local hunt, um, Southwold, it's as much me wanting to help Pat Barthorpe, who's big, you know, she was chairman of the Reefsby Point to Point this year. Um, she's been very good to us sending mares and we fold mares for her. So, um, you know, you can't turn her down, can you? <laughs> yeah, and when, to be fair, when I went and did the live stream that first year at Reefsby, probably more as a favour to people as opposed to for the hunt nothing against the hunt but. yeah but it's not your hunt is it Johnny so well the courses have to pay Johnny the big bucks if they want him for their for his um, you know for his punditry normally so it's good of you to do that one Johnny and they had to cancel both pony races which was unfortunate but you know <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of disappointed kids do? there weren't there but throwing <laughs> tomatoes at me <laughs> um so yeah, it won't, it won't surprise you. I was playing devil's advocate on that one. Obviously, uh, like you say, James has got an events business hat on there. I'm just thinking, you know, what, why is it that only hunts are running them? I, I understand the volunteers angle. And you do need a colossal amount of volunteers, but um, yeah, I, I, I just just maybe wonder. Um, so basically, what you're saying is we're going to have a pointing pointers uh, point to point next year. You're a volunteering to be chairman of it, and I'll run the bar. <laughs> to be honest with you, as long as you pay me, I'll do it. <laughs> uh well therein lies the problem um so you've just told us it's a profitable model <laughs> i didn't tell you it's a profitable model i said it relies heavily on volunteers and that's where we will come unstuck because frankly um i think we'd struggle to conjure the volunteer hang on you've just you just we've got easily enough listeners on this show to get the volunteers let's do it point pointing podcast Point to point. That's a bit of a, a tongue twister, granted. Ben could, uh, ben could hold a point to point in his back garden because, you know, we know that he lives in such a yeah, mansion. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't be silly. Don't be silly. So I, I've tried to move on about three times and I, I now will. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to discuss was uh, there's news this week that ITV are going to be showing the Racing League um, next season, which I know, James, you, you were kind of neutral on last season and, and and feel like they've ironed out some of the tweaks with the new format. But speaking on the Nick Look Daily this week, um, it was clear that they are going to uh, change things up. And one of the things they're doing, for example, is uh, the teams are going to be regional. So they're going to have some, you know, northern teams versus southern teams, etc. There's There was just some interesting things. And I thought, would that be... Uh, an interesting way to stimulate competition between you know um pointing trainers owners riders in in the south and the north for example or is, is there other ways that we can learn from from this new model well the interesting thing with the racing league is they've had to the first year they struggled because how do you make teams this year i think they've done it a little bit better because they have gone regional but point to point in we've already got the regions haven't we because you know people are affiliated to dorset and Cor- uh, devon and cornwall and um, East Midlands <laughs> and East Anglia, you know, there already are the regions, aren't there? So, um, you know, maybe it is something. If someone wants to bring some money into the sport, then um, let's listen, I think. And we already know which is the best area. Dorset. 
<laughs> Hang on, Midland. I've just thought of it, lads. I've just thought of it. The pointing pointers, racing league point to point finals day, where you get all the you get all the winners of the hunt members race and run a series and etc etc and run a series a final series at the back end of the season in in the James's James has got loads more land than me Mike in James's backyard he's got 100, 100 acres in fact 100 acre farm uh, we, we run it around James's place and bottomless going right on the salt marshes down on the coast um, and we'll we'll it'll be you know into regional the only problem at tell the moment me why is we if, can't if we run it at the moment, every fence is a water di- ditch. Water everywhere. <laughs> I was going to say it's either a water ditch or a, an ele- electric fence between yeah. between two acre paddocks. Teach them to jump, won't it? Oh dear, yeah. But there is that. There is that, uh, and avoid falls. With Ben's um, eventing hat so, on, he's just thinking that we should run it maybe on August, one of the evenings, to take real advantage and get the crowds in. <laughs> it's also sixty-eight pounds a ticket. Um, so before the next time we record, there's uh, plenty more happening on course. I'm just going to read this out because there's loads. So Sunday 9th of January, you've got Dunstan Harriers at Ampton, Suffolk. Um, you've got North Cornwall at Wade Ridge, Cornwall. West Percy at Annick in Northumberland. Uh, and then the following Sunday, because there won't be a show next week, the following Sunday is uh, the East Anglian Retired Jockeys Club at Highham, Suffolk. Modbury Harriers at Buckfastly Devon and also a special mention uh, because they got in touch to the Yorkshire area point to point at Sheriff Hutton um, I really like Sheriff it's I had a first runner ever on track at Sheriff uh, and it's a, it's a great day out everyone's super friendly there's lots to do and see it's a very good viewing course um, very fair yeah, I like Sheriff. So if you're um, if you're looking to enter a horse into any of them, get a crack in. James. Uh, our friend of the podcast, Chris Dawson, has got two runners up at Sheriff Hutton, so they'll be his first runners of the season because he's a traditionalist and won't run anything before Christmas. But uh, he's running one of his... He's like the Willie Mullins of our game, isn't Absolutely, he? Absolutely, yeah. He doesn't see any point. He's just going for it, isn't he? And uh, he's going to run Steely Edition mm. as well, so that'll be interesting. Obviously, he lost his way a bit last year in the uh, last couple of years um, down at Hobbs, and he's got him back now. So, be interesting to see how he gets on this year. I think he mentioned that in the interview that he did with him. So, um, if anyone sees um, someone that looks a bit like me with a balaclava on a wheelbarrow going up and down the lines um, on Sunday, the sixteenth of January at Sheriff. Uh, it's probably me with a balaclava on and a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Writer didn't write that joke, did he? <laughs> oh dear. Um, anything you want to talk about? I've had a little look at the card for Annick, but Mike, why don't you kick us off with some Wade Bridge chat? Yeah, well, unfortunately, few entries uh, this weekend, which I was surprised about because. I'm not because they've run there every weekend for the last 17 and some of the horses probably just want a little break now. We've had one meeting down there. And it's quite, <laughs> it's quite a unique track. What, because they race but every that's Sunday? That's bad. Well, they were well supported down there last time but um, one horse I want to mention, Jill Dennis runs a horse called Summerlees which is the name of the beach where her late husband used to work, Coombe Hill. Winner of boys, what did it win? Quite a lot of races. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> the Hennessy. <laughs> yeah, right. What a lovely story. You do your, you do your homework, Mike. I'll give you that. You should write a book. 
Where is Summerlease? <laughs> Whereabouts is it? About ten minutes away from me, down in Bude. On the Dorset coast. <laughs> I was just about to say I might go visit that, and then when you said it was ten minutes away from you, I thought, oh, you chance of here fine thing. That's no Chatterley Corbett, is it? <laughs> um, okay, and uh, James, have you had a chance to look at anything interesting this weekend? Anything at, at Ampton? I had a little look at Ampton, um, going good soft, soft in places, but disappointingly only 56 entries, so probably uh, same as mm. you really, Mike, because uh, I was surprised there wasn't more. Um, the Veterans race looked quite a nice race, that starts the card at 12 noon, uh, Sir Mangan, he won five last year, um, had a nice little warm-up last uh last week down with you Mike and uh, yeah I think he's got a good chance in the veterans race but the race of the day for me was be the ladies open looked a very very good race uh, Alan Hill is running back bar who's the horse that um, beat cousin Pascal at Charing um, and uh, the Ellis's are taking him on with blazing Tom um, who obviously is a very good horse one's rated 125 one's rated 119 so that should be a very very exciting race a story from Hampton, which will make myself look stupid. I managed to fall off the same horse three times in one race. <laughs> oh, wow. <Down> there. <laughs> Is that back in the days that you could get back on? No, because I also got fined for it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it didn't even, I didn't fall over a fence. It stopped dead uh, as we turned to the cross fence and then stood looking at me. So I got back on it, put my feet in the stirrups, stood up, stopped dead, whipped round. Stood looking at me. So I tried to... So wow. I fell off it again. Then I did bypass the fence, so I suppose technically I'd fall, pulled up. So and you then, picked it up and threw it over the fence. <laughs> so I then canted it without my feet in the stirrups to halfway up the hill, and I thought, ooh, there's some people here, I look a bit stupid. So as soon as I put my feet in the eyes, I stood up, stopped dead and went round again. And, uh, yeah, got fired by the stewards for it. Not only did I'm I look surprised. stupid, it also cost me a fortune. <laughs> Needless to say, it never Crikey. ran again. No, no. Um, so up at Annick, there is 62 entries on ground that is currently being described as soft, good to soft in places. Um, Rose Dobbin's got quite a few entries. My notes say that Rose Dobbin has got quite a few entires, but I don't think that's factually correct. Um, I always forget the rule uh, the, the the rule that trainers uh, can run horses in in point to point, and it always sort of surprises me when I see it. I think, oh, uh, Venetia Williams doing so recently. Nick Alexander's got one entered here too. Um, it'd be interesting to see on that point. It'd be interesting to see if Paul Nichols has a few more to supply to get uh, Olive established quickly as well. Um, James, you look like you're about to say something. Or I, am I interrupting you? No, uh, Paul Nichols doesn't normally run anything in points, does he? Um, tends to. It was always. Uh, no, but will that change? I don't I think you're allowed to if you own the horse. Yeah, you have to own the horse. Yeah, whether correct. Whether he don't do many, I don't know. Certainly not fully. But um, his uh, Olive's mum trains, doesn't she? So whether she'll keep supplying her with winners, I don't know. Um, Paul obviously has a yes, couple of, of connections yeah. down there, doesn't he? He's well connected with a few point-to-point trainers, so I'm sure he wouldn't want to stand on their toes, mm. but we shall see. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Jessica Mackay has a couple entered, as do Tom and Gina, who seemingly are going on a bit of a northern raid this weekend with a few smart horses, uh, not least a half-sister to sizing John um, in Calabaloo. 
Um, other friends of the podcast, Joe and Toby McCain, uh, I think Toby's McCain Mitchell for the record, uh, have Tango de Vague entered in a couple of races, so better look to them. Uh, Kelly Morgan, another friend of the pod, also has overworked and underpaid. It's a great name, that, isn't it? Uh, entered, who of course won last time out. Cherry Coward uh, got some entering going. Jack Teal, um, who we caught up with slightly earlier, is having a very busy day. Um, training and riding plenty and this is what he had to say when I spoke to him earlier um, Looking forward to getting Matt's commission back on the track after the past couple of seasons, he's run very well fresh up in Annick um, the great Phoenix uh, came out of his last race very well uh, so again I look forward to him and hope for another good run from him and uh, that would be about wrap it up for my rides there uh, I'd maybe have a maiden, um, but we'll see how we go on that. But also, my sister Lois is having a first ride up in Annick on a horse uh, me and Peter Faye got in uh, Doncaster. Obviously, he's a good bit of form, but it'd be just now not expecting too much. It'd be just nice to get him back on the track and her ride out, you know. Um, yeah. Best of luck, Jack. I'm sure you'll have a cracking weekend up in Annex. Hard not to look. Even even the photos on the uh, on on the point to point website are making me want to go. You can see the sea in the background. Um, I'm not going to put one up as a bet. Um, if you, uh, but um, as you remember, this is not a betting podcast. But uh, we may be tweeting some selections on the day on Sunday. I thought that'd be interesting. Um, as the uh, we may not have prices, we'll try and get some live from the tracks. But as we get to see what the declarations are, me, James, Mike, and Johnny may have a crack at putting up a few bets for people who are on course and following us. So if you're not following us on Twitter, which is highly unlikely, um, then please do. It's at Pointing Podcast. Lads, I think that just about brings this show to a close. Is there any other business? Not from me. I just wondered, what was uh, Joe McCain's horse called? <laughs> you are such a horrible man. I thought it was called Tango de Vague, but I think that was because I was mixing it up with the horse I was rattling on about earlier. Please, James, put me straight. No, no, I will. Uh, we know Joe listens. I will uh, leave her to uh, put you straight. She's probably already taken her headphones out, to be honest, in disgust that you got a horse's name wrong. I think her run's finished by now. She stopped the podcast to listen to, to get a taxi. Well, cheers, lads. We will speak again in a couple of weeks. Um, until then, take care. You've been listening to Pointing Pointers, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>